Welcome to another episode of the Wild World Lavelle Podcast. I'm your host, Lavelle Miller. This podcast, I brought with me a guest. I met with him at my job that I currently work now. Um, he was in high school. They said that, you know, hey, he's interested in martial arts. We know about your background, and we think that it'll be a good positive role model uh, for you to speak to him, speak to him, hit it off. I give him advice from time to time about different things, but he is very passionate about martial arts. He wanted to uh, get a chance to be on my podcast, give him some first uh, interviewing skills. So this is how we set up the pod. Um, I hope you guys like it. Uh, remember uh, my big thing uh, from one of my first podcasts that I've done is say, are you helping others achieve greatness? It's very true. You have to do whatever it is that you know to help others achieve their goals. And so this is my with him. So I welcome my guest, Joseph Montgomery, and I hope you guys enjoy the pod. Hello. All right. So it won't let me listen to the audio beforehand, but I figured it would connect to my car and it might be some background noise because, like I said, I didn't think about it. I had to do something. So that's why I said I'll have to do this while I'm driving. So anyway, 10 seconds run off and we'll get into it. Hey guys, thank you for checking out this episode of The Wide World Lavelle. I'm the host of the podcast, Lavelle Miller. Today I bring you guys a guest, a uh, person that is like me, that is uh, trying to start their mixed martial arts journey and be the most successful. I met him at my job and I've uh, spoken to him many different uh, times about various other things, uh, but today he shot a shot. He's been asking to get on the podcast. Timing worked out well while I was able to have him on the podcast. His name is Joseph, and I'll let him speak to you guys that fully introduce himself. So what they need to know about you, Joseph. Hi, everybody. Also, a martial artist, and um, I'm looking to really break into that field sooner than later. With the right amount of training. All right. So, Joseph, what made you, uh, what first interested you to being a mixed martial artist? Um, it's a funny story. Um, a lot of fights, a lot of school fights, a lot of just um, protecting myself. You know, because I'm not a I'm not a weapon guy, really. So like a lot of like just like wanting to like make sure I'm OK, because there's a lot of times I was like jumped and I knew I could have done more. And what interests me into that was these guys were able to like fight. You know, it's the most like is I feel like is more fighting than like what you see on professional boxing, because it simulates the most real life occurring like 
fights like you see like in the streets. And that's where I uh, come from. So, and I reckon I'm pretty good as of like right now. So I want to, um, I want to be like a uh, UFC um, champion. Uh, that's my that's my goal. Yeah, I am. Uh, let's say here. Now, eleven years, you're your senior. So when I say when I started uh, meeting you at uh, my place of work, won't mention for sakes of at whatever. But when I met you there, were you were a uh, junior, senior in high school. Were the times you were being picked on, because we didn't really talk about this offline or uh, or jumped, was it happening while you was going to school or was this uh, or high school or was it more middle school? It was more middle school in beginning of high school is when those problems were occurring because um, I'm what you may call like a, a, a weird guy. So I, it made me a real big target for, for kids to pick up. Yeah, that's not short by many ease. Anyway, what he said, he's, uh, I mean, he said he's a weird guy, but he's also not short. He's around 6'1", 6'2", fairly tall. So, um, you know, it was not hard to really stick out of the crowd. But, of course, kids are are cruel, and they uh, they tend to do these type of things. Um, so, like I said before, we've talked before um, in your martial arts passion, and I know that um, you're not uh, – you're in between uh, cities right now, and so you're not being able to really train uh, full-time. What do um, – what are you able to do to um, to kind of enhance your training? Because I know, like I said, you're at a good age at 18. You could you can afford to take a a couple years off to um, get your life together. But what steps are you doing to make sure that you're not falling too behind compared to your peers who are being able to train right now? Um, I am actually um, I right now. I am on a goal to making sure um, on a good enough like weight. I'm making sure I'm lowering my weight, staying ready, and and just repeatedly doing the drills that I do remember from when I was more consistently training in my house. And I just I just repeatedly do those, and I copy moves on the internet. But um, I am planning to go to a gym in Murfreesboro because I um, officially moved to my father's house, which is in Murfreesboro. And there is a gym there that I trained at once and I liked pretty well. And it's in Murfreesboro. So I was going to plan to go there after everything settled in, like job and moving in. What is the name of that gym? I know uh, we have. Well, let's see. Out of the top of the head, I know you have like like Tennessee BJJ there, Guardian Mixed Martial Arts, Legion, uh, with the Chetback affiliation. 
uh, of course, there's Gracie Barrow schools down there too. What school are you talking about there, young Joseph? There um, is called the Tennessee Jiu Jitsu Academy in Murfreesboro. Yep, 10BJJ. Yep, that's um, a Zenith affiliation. Um, they produce a good content. One of their guys, he trains, uh, I believe he bounces back and forth between there and uh, Spring Hill, Tennessee. Uh, he's a black belt now. And um, Emilio Hernandez, Alex is what he prefers to be called. Um, if you ever see him there, he's a shorter guy. Um, but me and him have one of the same sponsors. So, yeah, I know about a, a lot of those guys. I've competed against some of those guys before myself in grappling tournaments. Um, so, let's, you know, get in. You know, we talked not a lot about you, but let's get to your thoughts and opinions on upcoming – fights or fighters, what type of fights or what upcoming fights interest you? Right now, um, it, the Juan Blakovich versus the Jacare Souza because I feel like they're pretty similar and like grapplers that learned how to strike pretty well and has decent power. And that's the what I summed up between those guys. And I will be... I feel like out of everybody that's jumped up a weight class and lost this year, I feel like um, Ronald Souza will probably actually uh, succeed and in his light heavyweight debut. Do you think that – well, so I'll tell you this. When we look at these two, these two uh, fighters that you mentioned, um, Ronaldo – is a world champion, and uh, Jean is not. So their grappling, I would say, is different. They both were grapplers that did learn how to strike. That is very true. In your opinion, who do you think has a better uh, better chance when it comes to – if the fight stays on the feet? Because um, uh, Jan does go for some takedowns, uh, but will he try to take down – Jacare will be interesting. Jacare typically doesn't go for takedowns much often unless he's in a body clinch scenario. Who do you think has better uh, striking if he stays on the feet? I think it's uh, Jacare. I also agree that it's Jacare because it seems like um, – I'm, I'm sure um, Jacare has made like, mistakes in the striking before everybody has. But when I saw Jan like, just, just – completely just sprint to Tiago Santos and he got knocked out. I thought that was um pretty um like an amateurish like move that shouldn't have been there if he was a seasoned striker. And maybe just not showing his full um fight IQ at that moment. And um because I feel like he was so used to these counter striking these big punchers when Tiago didn't go for it, it forced him to go and that's when he got knocked out. Yeah, I know. I just realized this. We went forward, but I need to go backwards first. Um, who, because we talked about, uh, we just talked about that fight. Who are your favorite uh, fighters? And uh, 
not only your favorite fighters, who was your favorite fight? My favorite, I'm going to say my favorite fight first, because that's um, one. And then my favorite fighters, it could be a few. Um, my favorite fight, I'm going to have to say um, Tiago Santos versus um, Jimmy Manuel, because I thought he's shown a love, like, like, just, like, I think he really shown that he was he could be a world champion because out of like uh, like Max Holloway, he's a featherweight champion and lost to Dustin Poirier going up. So I feel like him by facing Jimmy Manuel, it was like the real because like, his light heavyweight debut was against another like middleweight that just took a short notice. So I didn't think he was fighting like a real two hundred fiver at that moment. But when he fought Jim Manuel, which is a little well, was past his prime a bit at that moment, but he was he still got a crack. Um, I feel like he's shown that he belongs there, and he could beat ninety percent of the people in the light heavyweight division. So yeah, that fight because it's real like it was back and forth until Tiago knocked him out. Do you think he beat John? John Jones, for people that don't know who I'm talking about? No. No, I think it was um, like 60-40. But I feel like if he didn't, it could have been more even if he didn't tear almost every muscle in his knee in the second round, I think, or first round. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it could have been interesting because of the leg kicks. Nobody kicks John's leg. John skips leg day. So I think people need to kick his legs more other than like just try to box at him because that's not going to really help. You know, John has been seen squatting over 500 pounds and deadlifting over, I think, 600 before, right? Oh, yeah. So the leg days, uh, he don't skip leg days too much. He's just, uh, for whatever reason, his legs are very skinny. Yes. Uh, you got a phone call coming in, Joseph? I don't know what's going on. This some guys just keep screenshotting something, but um, but it's over with. It's over with. Um, and I was like, my um, favorite fighters. What's the second question? Correct. Yes. Oh, my favorite fighters. Um, right now is. One of them is Paulo Costa. I really like his um, fighting style. And um, um, I feel like he could pose some problems to Israel Asanya. I'm not going to say he's going to outright just run through them, but it will be interesting to see the contrast of styles. Uh, Paulo Costa, and which I touched on earlier, Tiago Santos, you know, big puncher, like his fighting style, fluid with the kicks. I like kicks. Kicks are great. And my last, not least, right now is going to be Edson Barboza. Now, I know he's having a rough patch right now, but I really like his style, you know. Real, I like throwing knees a lot. And he's the guy that's knocked people out with knees before and stopped a few people just by leg kicks. So I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not always head hunting, you know. You got to make it a little bit more versatile. 
Yeah, it seems like uh, which is fine. You're you're more uh, you're more striker heavy, and then it's also, I mean, I guess you know your favorite fight. It doesn't really necessarily matter when your favorite fight was because it can change from time to time, and you can go back and watch old fights. And I've I've been on the record in saying that if you were to go watch like Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin uh, fight again, which is you may, I don't even know, if you was born, I don't even know how old you would have been because uh, of how long ago that fight was. But um, it was really a sloppy fight. It wasn't a very technical fight. And if you ask people in the early 2000s, they probably would say it's their favorite fight to watch. If you go back and watch it now, um, you may not look at it the same. So, um, like I said, your favorite fight now could very well change. But like you said, it was a good step up for Tiago Santos versus Jimmy Manawa. And um, and like I said, he got it done, and then he ended up getting it done in so many fashions that he was able to set himself up for a title shot, which I did think he beat Jones. So that brings back to the um, earlier thing that I was saying about that. And then on top of that, um, with one of your favorite fighters, Paulo Costa, he's um, out. Um, I don't know, did you – did you hear what Joe Rogan said? Not Joe Rogan. Did you see what Israel Adesanya said about um, Paulo Costa? No. What What was it? So Israel said that he thinks that, uh, which is everybody, everybody who does not know who Paulo Costa is. When I say this, I would like for you to go go to your local Google and Google a picture of Paulo Costa so you can see him. So I say that to say this. Paulo Costa, uh, well, Israel Adesanya says he believes that he uh, was on the Pico to Pico program like John Jones and that that's the reason why he is actually out of the fight and not having um, uh, the surgery that he claimed he had. Because if you look at the months, I say October, November, December, January, February, March, April. Hold on. I did this again with my finger. Sorry, you guys. Uh, November, December, January, February, March. So, yeah. I think he said he wanted to fight in March or April. Um, That's like five, six months away, depending on how you um, – the difference in the two. And that means it also covers the time if he was provisionally suspended. He would be able to figure that out. Man, Joseph, you're a popular person. Um, but he'd be able to to do it because with the new USADA programming, USADA isn't releasing anybody um, their data when they test hot, um, they're keeping all of it for a while while they're under investigation. Same allegation that Yuval Romero had against him on why he pulled out that first fight. And then it actually did come out that they thought he tested positive for something, but they chalked it up to a contaminated supplement and said that the amount he found in his body was so low, it wasn't worth testing. So do you think Paulo Costa is Pico to Pico? Mm, that's an interesting question because I believe 
that um, places like Brazil and like other countries all over the world are genetically like you go there and like find like just jacked people and like um, there's anything to like everyday persons and like on Joe Rogan's podcast he had Yoel Murr on there he was talking they were talking about how like Cuba is a poor country and mm -hmm. if everybody's just like muscular at least most people there. Like they like steroids are expensive, so they they wouldn't be able to like afford something like that. So I believe that he's probably genetically there, but I don't know. I'm not sure. He probably took something just extra just to help his confidence, maybe because he had some trouble in like more recent fights because he's gotten higher level competition. So he probably did take something, but I feel like the Costa you see there. It's somebody that just likes to build muscle, and I'm sure a lot of fighters um, could look like that if they if that was their goal. But it's not for a lot of people, so I'm not sure. I don't think so. You kind of co-sign that you think he is Pico to Pico in for confidence wise. If it's for confidence wise, or if it's for who knows wise, Pico is still Pico. Yes. See. Um, and to do this in a way, because like I said, uh, at the top offline, time is uh, it catches it catches everybody. Um, and so to let you guys know, too, as well, when we talk about training, uh, I've been doing it longer than Joseph. Like I told anyway, I'm 11 years his uh, senior. Um, and like I said, we're talking about other things uh, offline as well. He's uh, very passionate about doing uh, martial arts, and then he asked me about fights and stuff all the time. So I did want to give him the opportunity to be on the pod, and he will be on future close with a couple of little different uh, sentiments. Um, one is when do you foresee you being able to uh, do your first fight? First fight. Um, I feel like that will be like early quarter 2020, early, so like early next year, because I am about to start my new job. So I'll be able to start training, and I don't want to look like like I don't want to look stupid when I go out there. So I want to have a good training in, but I just want to have a fight under my belt, so I can know how it really feels. Other than because I know it's different from like just whatever happens in the training room. So I was so yeah, like probably like the beginning of March of next year, or like sometime in the middle. I mean, that gives you that gives you a few months. Somebody on the last card I was supposed to fight on, he had five months of training, but he also had a wrestling uh, background. And then you did add this training and stuff like that before, so I can see that as a as feasible. Um, I definitely would look towards the middle, second, third quarter. Uh, that's my opinion, though. Of um, 2020, as I would think, like, because you never know how your coaches and stuff want to react to you 
you have to get a good feel for all that and get used to their signals and stuff, how they call all that other stuff out. Um, that's just my opinion. And um, let's see here. What did uh, – what would you recommend – because I got asked this before. Um, you're a young guy on this journey, and then your, ch- your answers can definitely change. What would you recommend somebody who is wanting to get into martial arts do? Like I said, I know you're a new guy in the game. Um, no wrestling type of background, just a passion for MMA and self-defense, which is um, – throw this out here, too, for folks that don't know. George St. Pierre um, was bullied. Israel Adesanya. Um, so people who were bullied and picked on in school who end up learning martial arts and can now do what the bullies did to them. Uh, so what would you uh, recommend, I guess – I, we know there's a couple of combo questions there. So let's ask first, what would you recommend somebody is doing that is experiencing uh, bully or harassment as yourself did? Were you, um, did you have somebody to speak to about that going on or did you have to handle things um, in a certain way and how did it make you feel? Well, I didn't have anybody to talk to about uh, my parents just told me to like to, to fight them. And um, the teachers, they weren't really concerned because the schools I was coming up with most of them to like the last high school I graduated from, they weren't really the best. So the teachers were more concerned about like students drinking, bringing in like drugs and stuff or weapons than like just somebody just picking on you, you know? So I kind of, I did take it in my own hands. But I don't recommend people to go into fighting just to be able to have the skill to fight the bullies because that could really backfire and like them being expelled or them really hurting somebody. So I feel like it's the right reasons, you know, but um, this protects like it's just like a lifelong like like guarantee that, you know, that at least in hand to hand, if somebody like tried to rob you or like do something crazy, um, you should be able to uh, protect yourself before like alerting like authorities or something. So, um, see, I feel like it's a good tool to have. It's a, I feel like it's, it's just great to have as a person, especially if you're worried, like if you're a really small guy, you know, I suggest doing loud jujitsu, you know? And um, so yeah, just for protection. And, um, I think I just mentally forgot the other question. Uh, well, one of the questions in the group um, that I told you, or you may have covered it, but so um, what, uh, so we'll just do like this. Um, Cause like I said, time is about to catch up with me and I got to head and do this other thing. So what is uh, closing remarks? What remarks uh, what is something that you want somebody to? It, it could be anything. Um, it could be about martial arts. 
It could be about stuff that you experience in your life. Um, what is one thing that you want to let people know that, uh, well, I guess, yeah, what is one thing that martial arts has done for you? Um, your journey that you've, you know, like I said, you're fresh in the journey, um, but you've obviously watched it uh, for a while. Um, and you, you've seen things, you've practiced, you train a little bit. Uh, what things do you want to, that martial arts has done for you as your closing statement? Um, what, um, what has martial arts done for you? I guess I want to say um, either actually physically doing it. Um, like, has it, has it helped? Of course, has it improved your quality of life? Has it helped you? Uh, and by that, I mean, just not just a hand to hand, but have you been able to talk to people better? Because um, like a saying that they do say in uh, like Japan and things like that, since most people grow up doing martial arts, most people are calm towards each other because they know um, everybody's trained to fight. And so that's something that you actually do learn um, doing combat courses or things like that. When I was in the United States Army, when most people know how to fight or do something, they typically don't um, unless they have to. Uh, so, sorry, I went on a tangent there. So, yeah, so what is the closing thing that you would like to people know in regards to what is martial arts has done for you um, just in general? Or what do you enjoy the most about martial arts? Well, I enjoy because it gives me like, a, like an avenue in a sport to actually like. You know, people are like all my life was like, because I am tall. They're like, hey, man, you should be in basketball. Man, you should be in football. I'm like, I don't really like those sports. But, um, like, like MMA, um, kickboxing, you know, just, like, combat sports, I have, like, I have, like, an attraction to it. Like, I know, like, I will be good at this. I know I will because I have a love for it. And, like, I feel like when you have a love for something, you know, um, you'll try so much harder or go so much farther than, like, you're just being forced to do something. So I know, like, for a fact that it's a sport that is for me, and I, I, I love it. I love everything about it. I, and it's just, I feel like it's more exciting, too, than, like, some of the other, like, popular sports. I feel like it's, not, I feel like it's more exciting, and it doesn't get the recognition that it deserves. All right. Um, we'll go ahead and close there. Like I said, Joseph shot a shot. Been asking about being on the podcast. Uh, opportunities and times arise where I knew I could get him on the pod today. Um, so I wanted to go ahead and uh, give him that opportunity. Uh, there will be other people that I also try to get an opportunity that are up and coming in the start of their martial arts journey. I don't want to catch people when they're already there. Um, you know, like I said myself before on prior podcasts, I am a uh, martial artist myself. I had had fights to do grappling competitions, things that and the other. Um, but we want to make sure that, or I want to make sure that I want to catch people on the way up. So once they're there, they can always be like, I had somebody that gave them their shot. So Joseph will be on here, um, definitely many more times. Uh, as he goes through his journey and it will talk about a lot of stuff, you know, he's kind of nervous. It's the first time he's ever did anything like that, where he's kind of being interviewed 
which is fine because we all have been there before. So, Joseph, we thank you for uh, checking out this pod. And I just want to let everybody know this is how you become legendary and greatness is earned. Thank you.